Welcome to Wearing the Folk. Today I'm coming to you from Laurel County, Kentucky. I'm Cecil Fletcher. Today uh, as always. Today as always. And I've got Jeremy Foreman and up there in northern Kentucky and his good buddy and neighbor, <laughs> Henry Tully, um, as well. And we also have a special returning guest. And that is Miss Hadley. Um, Hadley, if people haven't heard of you before or haven't seen previous episodes, uh, tell them where the folk you're at. I am located in central Mississippi, and I am the podcaster for Weird Ink, and we do the weird, excuse me, weird realities, and we do the Weird Ink sessions. I'm also an author of the Tapestry of World series, which I now have two books out, and I'm about to release a third standalone in another series. Nice. I don't think we heard about that one on the last episode. You wanted me to write a paranormal romance, so. Okay. <laughs> I'm not romantic, so it's got lots of vampires and stuff in it. So. We'll is it like, happens. is it like one of those romance books that Granny used to read on Sunday mornings? <laughs> like, I don't know what was Granny reading. Like with Fabio on the front of them. Fabio <laughs> or whatever. No, when I when I like I I was writing it and I I told her I said I'm just not romantic. I'm all about action, so it's got a lot more action than I think she wanted, but. We're close to the end now, so we'll see what happens with it. I think it's more of a paranormal fantasy than a romance. Maybe I should write a romance novel because I'm all about the romance. <laughs> For instance, anytime I take my wife to Taco Bell, she can have whatever she wants anytime. <laughs> so romantic. So did someone just tap you to write the book then? Well, my editor encouraged me because I'm new to try and um, do it to get my name out there. So she said, well, you know, romance has about 70% of all books bought are romance books. So she said, try the romance, paranormal romance, and just see. And, you know, maybe that'll help get some people to read. So that's what we're hoping. But, you know, I've published my first book December 23rd. And my second book, March 17th. So it's not like I've been publishing that long. So, you know, it's going to take a while, but we'll see. You're cranking them out. That's fast. Well, I think that um, I have a lot of time on my hands with the pandemic. <laughs> so we'll see. I wish there was more hours in the day. Like, I, I can't find time between watching TV to do anything else. After <laughs> 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 How about you, Jeremy? Do you find time to relax and do things? Oh, well, I, I was thinking about just the, the writing process. I know it's not an answer to what you were asking at all, but it sort of intrigued me. Like some of those <laughs> things that you learn, you, you learn in school and you go on to forget. Like you, you don't retain it at all. I remember having to uh, write short stories and different things. And you'd start with the critical thinking, the brainstorming and have like the little arching thought bubbles i mean how how is your writing process or what is your it is not organized at all i would say it's very organic i get an idea and that's kind of where the idea for weird realities came from was my editor and i will sit around and talk about weird stuff we've come up with based on the weird stuff we found and like recently because i'm doing vampires i have been reading a lot about vampires and i found some really weird stuff like really weird and like still fiction or like historical stuff no, like like real stuff 
this actually was is one of my topics for this month for weird realities. So I guess I'll have to find something else. But I found out about these coffin girls, coffin like you know a casket in New Orleans that they arrived on this boat like in the late 1700s because they were looking to have these women um, marry the men that lived there. They didn't have any women in New Orleans at the time. You know, it was a new city. So the King of France sent over these women. They arrived. They arrived with a coffin. Each of them had a coffin and it was really heavy. So these women are very wan and pale and sickly. They take them to a convent, oh, excuse me, uh, uh, what is it, a convent, a convent. Um, and at the convent, these caskets are stored in the, like, the third floor, and the room is locked. And so then all these mysterious deaths start happening. Um, people are found drained of blood, you know, mysterious, weird stuff. And um, so... They started making the connection. The women were doing better. You know, they're thriving and, and doing much better. So the Pope sent these nails, blessed by him, to nail the windows shut on that top floor of the con- the convent. And the death stopped. Wow. And supposedly, to this day, the um, con- the convent is still there. And the um, shutters to these, the third floor, are never open. No one ever goes up there. It's locked. The room's kept locked. It doesn't have a wood floor. It has a brick floor for the third floor, which is very weird. And um, when Katrina happened, one of the windows burst open. So the new pope sent a new batch of nails. They nailed the door shut or the window shut and such as it. But they said that people who live in New Orleans will not go by the convent between like midnight and dawn that they refuse to, to this day. Wow. That's wild. You know, it, just the caskets. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the order of the skull and bones, the, well, one of the, <clears throat> Uh, underground fraternal orders that you know is allegedly behind a lot of the world powers they are known to sleep in coffins really (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) i mean like everybody like a majority of presidents have been a skull and bones member that's out in the public now so you can read about that on google have you ever heard about the great, like, the, have you ever heard about St. Germain? He kind of relates back to Louisiana. Yeah, I think I came across the name, and I can't think of why. It's just because I'm, like, one of those people who has, like, 20 browsers up, and there's one with music playing, but you don't know which one it is. That's my brain all the time. Well, the reason I bring him up is because he was uh, immortal, basically, and one of the things that they think that he was immortal for was he was a potentially a vampire because he never ate food and he was always drinking red liquid from a chalice. The reports go of him go all the way back to like the 1400s and ends up in Louisiana, I think, is one of the last true sightings of him. And it may have been in the 1800s, but a lot of people died around that time, too. Well, he, 
That's the weird thing is um, in my research, I found that um, New Orleans has 50 people who claim to be vampires who live there and they have an association and they um, consider themselves to be true living vampires. That, that's cool because if you think about I've got a very strange this would be considered Uncle Dave's crazy conspiracy theory if Uncle Dave was here <laughs> um, but he's not this is what I think I, because they say that St. Germain was an alchemist and that's, that's what I was going to say didn't he wasn't he supposed to have like found the key to eternal life through apothecary methods exactly I think that what he did was somehow came up with a formula that turned him into what is known as a vampire. And like other people that were true vampires, have, he probably gave this formula too, and it kind of led to the people sucking the blood and stuff. Probably had to live off blood, which kind of might translate into where like some of these celebrities are getting blood transfusions from younger people, which is true. You can look that up. Uh, they get the blood of like a younger person, and they replace all their blood with that. That was, I just look at it. I just look at it Foreman's face. Right no, I'm I'm just thinking Somebody of the train know. of thought. Just the Saint Germain to like Adrenochrome. <laughs> it's literally taking their blood and transfusing like through dialysis, basically, and they feel like it makes them younger and whatnot. So maybe vampires, you know, have figured out how to have some kind of formula that they drink to where it breaks down blood when you drink it, you know, like the transfusion. That's what and the gizzard's for. Exactly. I remember, uh, I'd never had or heard of chicken gizzards and we were like 12 or something and Foreman ordered it. I'm like, <laughs> I think I laughed for like 30 minutes. Yeah. We pulled after. up, we pulled up to Lee's famous, re- we, we were a bit older cause I, I was driving us. I was like, can I get like a half a pint of gizzards? <laughs> like, what you ordering lizards? That's the, that's the, I knew what a gizzard was, but I didn't even know that was something you could order on the menu till you ordered it one day. I was like, Wait, they sell the throwaway parts at least? <laughs> I love them. Livers and gizzards. I do like livers. I like cow liver. Mm. But, Jeremy, that, that's how my writing process starts. Is I'll go down a bunny hole with something like that, and then I'll get an idea, and I'm like, oh, well, this could work here, and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I'm always very intrigued by how someone can come to such a, a great idea. Um, just to try to relate it back, I've grown up listening to like a lot of the local music scene. I've always been on on like the fringe of it, um, very seldomly participating in it, and just hearing how such great music can come out of such a weird cast of folks from from where we're from. It's it, it's truly mind blowing. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have to send me some of your music. I'm a big music person, and whenever I'm writing, I'll have like a couple of playlists for different characters and stuff like that. So I've started doing a playlist in my books. So overall, like for the theme of the book, and um, it's always very interesting to see what people kind of tap into. But I sent Clarence email earlier with a friend of mine's son on there, like my cousin's son, and he did a great song. I think y'all like. You have to check it out. 
you might have to resend that because I have a bad habit of checking my emails at three o'clock in the morning while I'm asleep. Oh, no, I just sent it to you before we came on, like at one thirty. Oh, okay. It's just a YouTube. <laughs> uh, you know, if you like it, share it. If you don't, don't worry about it. But um, he did the whole. He wrote the whole song. He did the whole video by himself. It's very professional, and he did not would not take any money or help from his parents. So I'm trying to get the word out that he's, you know, done a great job. You want to check that out? We'll definitely check it out. The basis of the music around here when I was a kid was heavy, aggressive music. I think the reason that it was so easy for us to write was because that was all we could feel in this area was like straight pissed off rage constantly. (laughs) (laughs) It was very easy to. We call that angry white boy music. Uh, it was. Um, I've heard it referred to as Cookie Monster Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's kind cookie of what. Cookie Monster Rock. When I like I, that. When I did vocals, that's exactly what it was. It sounded like the Cookie Monster. You are me so hungry. I'm really stoked that you're doing a new one that's a romance novel. So I'm gonna have fun reading that. <laughs> Well, I, I will say it doesn't have a lot of romance. Um, but it's about musicians, so y'all might like it. Romance novel seems like a fringe thing to me because the only person I ever knew to read romance novels was my grandma. And it's always super weird that she was reading these very... Because I didn't know what she was reading until I picked it up one day and started reading. I was like, this is very, very graphic for my grandmother to be reading. <laughs> oh, no, this is not graphic, so... It was a struggle to, to be romantic at all. But, um, but yeah, it was it's fun. Now, I am very excited to tell you all this. Um, I recently made the acquaintance of a writer in Scotland. He writes zombie fiction. You all know I'm a huge zombie fiction fan. Yeah. And he asked me to collaborate with him on a book. So we're going to start this summer collaborating. So that'll be like the – I've got um, the third tapestry – series book to do and then we're going to start with the zombie book and i'm so excited my brain's already pulling things together for it um so we may have covered this on the last one but are you a fast zombies or slow zombies type of person that's so funny you mentioned that because i I had a rant last night on the zombie writer group that i'm on and i was like i'm i don't i like this i like the slow zombies i miss the ones that come out of the ground you know, like the real, the true dead. And no one does that anymore. Anyone, everybody wants to do a pandemic zombie. And it's like, no, no, what about the, like, living dead? They come out of the ground and, Like know. George Romero. Yeah, I want the original stuff. But I was talking about embalming in zombies. That mm. How does that, you know, would that affect them? Because, you know, not everybody um, is embalmed. So... Would that make a difference or, you know, just the way way I always think about zombies is like, because, you know, typically in the embalming process, the brain goes like the brain's taken out. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they shove it back in there or not. Well, from what I from what I read, because again I went down a bunny hole with it, is they'll take the body part, like the organs out, and weigh them, and then they put them back in the cavern, like so, like your where your chest is like how you buy a chicken back in there. <laughs> like well. how the chicken has everything stuffed yeah, in it. Thanksgiving, yeah. So. So yeah, the zombie. The way that the only way that zombies work is if it's an alternate 
reality where they don't do that stuff. So I think the embalming would kind of be bypassing that whole thing. Um, I, I prefer the dead zombies because the fast ones are never truly zombies. They're not dead. They're just infected with some kind of virus or something. That's see, and you just said it because this is going to bring me back around to my conspiracy with the whole COVID thing. When I when I say we're in the zombie apocalypse right now, we failed it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if this had been the zombie apocalypse, how truly screwed we would be. Damn. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> uh, not me. <laughs> I stay on the I stay on edge constantly. <laughs> Well, that was when all this started, um, you know, some of my conspiracy friends and I were talking about, um, you know, sitting back and I was saying as, you know, anxious and conspiracy minded as we are, we're probably much better prepared than people who are are pretty chill all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I don't know. Like the whole, the whole thing about zombies, though, like. They're dead. They can't possibly be fast. There's zero possibility of a zombie being a fast zombie. Even if you go back to the starts of zombies, like it's they would drug people with some kind of drug. I forget what it was, but I think it might have puffer fish in it or something. And they basically turn into like mindless people. And sometimes they would get buried because their heart rate slowed down so slow. And yeah, um, that that they're actually. Um true zombies in haiti and they they grind like some kind of corpse like dust or something i think that's what it's called i've got a book um i actually had the book they made into a movie called the serpent and the rainbow and it's where this guy that studies plants for drug reasons like you know pharmaceuticals type stuff went to haiti and he was investigating that and he got involved with some bad people um that you know, but that's what they'll do because when you get into hoodoo, hoodoo kind of has that, or, or voodoo kind of has that whole, um, the darker side of it, I think, is a lot of psychological type stuff with it, in addition to like your belief system and and all of that. But they would have these women, you know, these these voodoo queens, so to speak, um, that would use that dust and it would these people would just become kind of like comatose. But that's what he was researching was using it for surgical um, type procedures to put people out was that medicine. I don't know. It was very fascinating. If you get a chance, read the book. Don't watch the movie. I, I might be conflating the two. Is Are you referring to, is it the devil's breath? Like the the plant, like it can be used to basically zombify someone. It takes away their... I think there's a cognitive ability. I think probably the same thing. It's been a long time since I read the book, so I couldn't tell you that without googling it. Well, there was but. I saw some story or watched videos about a certain kind of plant. I believe it was called the Devil's Breath, and you can basically walk by someone and they like blow a little bit of that into your face. You lose all cognitive yeah. ability, and then you are pretty much at their at their will. They can tell you, "Hey, go." Um, take all your money out of the ATM, give it to me, and you just you do it like almost mindlessly. Um, I'm going to say something that Tully always says I shouldn't say, but back when I used to do drugs, when I was a young man, <laughs> um, 
I read about the drug that they give those people. I was like, I wonder if you could give you that. Because I bet that was a trip. Don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we might be talking about two different things. The one you're talking about almost makes them appear dead, but the one I'm talking about, you you're pretty much controlling someone like a video game. It's the same thing um, because what they would do whenever they would give people that drug, they would basically turn them into living slaves, like have them work in mills and stuff, you know? Wow. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's probably a pretty good trip. (laughs) I have a a weekend at Bernie's situation. (laughs) Yeah. Since we're talking about zombies, they are, they probably have the technology somewhere to bring people back to life. I don't know if it's been debunked or debunked, as I like to say, whenever everything is, because that's usually not what actually happened. But there's a video from the 1940s where they hooked a dog's head up. Yeah, that's real. And it was just the head of a dog, and they reanimated it to where they would put, like, uh, citrus acid in his mouth, and it would lick it. They'd bang a hammer next to its head, and its eyes would flinch, and its ears, and they blow air, air in its ears and stuff. They were doing that in Russia in the 1940s, like during the whole psychotic scientific experience and stuff that they did in Russia. I wonder and if that ties into uh, was it Operation Paperclip when they they split all those Nazi um, papers between the the U.S. and Russia. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Like because that was the Russian scientists that did that. But you know the Germans were doing that too because the Germans experiment, like experimented with everything to try to create super soldiers. So when Project Paperclip happened, we had the draft or whatever, and we got half, and Russia got half. I would imagine that reanimation is something that's completely cap- they're capable of right now. I would. Well, speaking of the Nazis. I have to tell y'all, um, we recently had a guest on our show, and he wrote a book called The Friendship, A Story of UFOs, Nazis, Psychedelics, and an Expedition to the Edge of the World. Yeah. And he was the best guest. His name was Chaz, and y'all should totally talk to him. He was a wealth of information, I should say. Do you talk a lot about the center earth and everything? Not really. He actually went to Peru and Argentina, and like that's what he said that he kept. He was originally studying this UFO thing, and they have like this group of aliens that supposedly live there, and they're tall and blonde. And and he said that when he got there, everything kept pointing to the Nazis, and he found documents where these Nazi war criminals had escaped to that place. It, it was really interesting. If y'all haven't listened to the episode, listen to it. But totally, he was a great guest. And I really, really enjoyed talking with him. That'd be cool to talk to him, too. Because we actually did an episode over Nazis and their cult a while back. Um, and Admiral Byrd, whenever he flew to the center of the Earth, um, he said that when he was uh, approached by several metallic circular aircraft that had the uh, swastika on them, and, uh-huh. we, and when he landed, he, he was approached by tall, blonde-haired beings in the center earth. So that's 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 actually pretty cool. I like I'd like to talk to that guy. That'd be cool. Um, and the way the the way we got to the Admiral Bird talking to those though in that one episode was uh, have you ever heard the children of the Green Children of Woolpit? 
I, I love that story about how they woke up in the wolf's den. They came from uh, the twilight that was their green center earth, everything. Uh-huh. So, Speaking okay. of the center of the earth, did you see the new King Kong versus I, Godzilla? I haven't got to watch it yet. I hope it's still on HBO. Probably ain't, though. They heard- kind of go to the center of the earth with it, which it was, that's what I was going to ask about, is their, their take on it was very interesting. So I was interested to see what y'all thought about that. What is it like a uh, land where there's dinosaurs and everything like land before time? Well, yeah, it was kind of like that. But the, the weird thing was like, I mean, it had like a upside down reality, like gravity was weird and stuff. It was just kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, I heard that they brought Mecha Godzilla into it too. I'm really excited for that. It had the worst soundtrack. I'm just gonna go ahead and ruin it for you. The soundtrack to the movie. I'm, I'm usually re- I'm really into soundtracks, and I don't know who was off. It you know I don't know what was going on, but the soundtrack sucked. It should have been so much more. Was it a bunch of Cardi B or something? <laughs> no, no. That even that would have been an improvement. They have okay. They have Godzilla, and I'm sure you've seen the the trailer where he's like laying on the the bed of the ship. Yeah. You know his little hands in the water. They're playing country music, like twangy country music as Godzilla. I mean, not Godzilla as King Kong's like floating around. And I was like, that is, he would not be listening to that. It's not that I'm not a fan of country music. I love all types of music, but it just did not fit the scene. And I'm, and oh. then just just trust me. I want to hear about it after you've watched it. I want to report. So let me know what you think. Jason Aldean out there. Change <laughs> smoking Paul Miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. So it just did not fit. So, uh, Chaz sounded like a, a cool guest. Have, what kind of guests have you guys been having on lately? Well, um, let's see. Since we last spoke, I don't think we, we had a, we had to cancel because um, there was a problem on our end. But we I think since we talked, we had Matt Adams, which he does like pre. Um, I guess, colonial type of research into like rock formations and stuff as like who was here. He's up in Massachusetts and he's been all over. I think he's been to like 27 states. And it was really interesting. I didn't know that I'd be that into the rocks, but like they have the serpent, you know, like we have the serpent mound, you know, I think in Ohio, that's close to where y'all are. And we have mounds down here, like earth mounds. Well, they don't have mounds. They have, um stones so you know how serpent mound is and it's you know miles long and it's the but it's like that but it's rocks and they have them all over the northeast so who made these is it you know indians and they also have like these like chambers and they're very similar to these chambers that they have like in france and in um, ireland and it's just very interesting um, as to who made them. Um, we had him on, we had a gentleman by the name of Wallace Wagner, which Wallace wrote a book called um, Crossing the Crevice, and he was really interesting. He's all down into um, the center of the earth stuff, too. And he's got another book coming out, and he actually had an interview 
with um, like the last surviving person who was involved with like the whole Operation Paperclip stuff. Wow. Like Stargate and all that. Um, so his his book that he's working on now is going to have stuff like that in it. But he was really interesting. I'll hook y'all up if y'all want to talk to him because he was he was great. Oh. Um, we've got some great people coming up. The guy who um, we had to cancel with, which we're going to reschedule, is the owner of the um, America Stonehenge, which I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. that it's true? in New Hampshire, but it is this like I'm going to set it America Stonehenge, but you know we do have a site like that, so that was interesting. Um, he was on Lauren's show and he did a good job, but well, we've got Jenny Ashford coming up. We've got Barbara DeLong. We've got, um, Tanya and I can't think of her husband's name. Is it Mark? I want to call everybody Mark. Um, this couple that they do paranormal podcasting, write books and they're just into everything. And, um, a lady who wrote a book on Shakespeare being attributed to the wrong person. So she's a big historian. A lot of things you just talked about. I've got a lot of things I want to talk about in regards to everything. Um, <laughs> uh, did rock formations. There's actually a, hist a history channel has recently came to our hometown of Clay County, Kentucky. There is a rock and a creek bed that me and my uncle actually went and seen at one time whenever it was kind of risque. But you have to go out there with a shovel and you have to clear back dirt and soot and everything to see it. And it looks like a manhole cover, basically. Yeah, it looks really weird. But whenever you look at it, if you take a picture of it, it looks like a dark green rock. But it's actually like pretty bright. Like it's almost like an emerald and it's huge. Like, it looks like a big manhole cover, and it's got, like, cuts in. It looks kind of like a turtle shell. And it's perfectly round. And I swear, whenever you tap it, it sounds hollow. I just sent you a, a picture, Headley. Okay. I looked up a picture of the America's Stonehenge, and it looks straight looks out of Red Dead, like the tall trees region. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's, this is really cool, guys. Yeah. Um, but but they cover it up so people won't go to it. And of course, when me and my uncle heard about it, we was like, "Oh, we got to go to that." <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And now they're they're going to do a thing on the History Channel about it. Apparently, I don't know well, if they actually will. And that's what Matt Adams does is he goes and investigates these types of sites, and he's recording everything. Um, I'll, I'll send I'll send you his information later. Um, I don't have it but basically he goes and investigates these sites and he's recording it and i think that history channel's talking with him about maybe doing a show kind of like that um what was it oak island kind of like that yeah but and wallace wagner was featured on um ancient aliens so i what? think i think that he's he's done that so I'll hook you up with these guys. They're they're super nice men, and um, I think y'all would probably really enjoy talking with them. I'm I'm working on trying to get on a TV show too. I'm just gotta put on a few more pounds, and then I'll be able to get the LC show. <laughs> um, get on that learning channel. <laughs> I sh I shot our shot with uh with the owner of Blonde Frog Ranch and didn't get a response. Mm. Uh, so. 
it's it's a, the corresponding ranch the skinwalker and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on there there it's if you have um discovery plus or 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 like well i guess tv in general uh <laughs> cable um there's there's a show called i think it's like the mystery of blonde frog ranch and there's only one season of it so far and it is absolutely nuts absolutely nuts oh, i didn't know it had its own show yeah it's it just came out if uh, nobody from Blind Farm Ranch wants to come on here and talk, then we'll just uh, throw out our wild speculations. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> so if you if you do catch this, guys, somebody come on and tell the truth, or we're just going to be like this is a they're out there breaking down stargates so that we can go to other dimensions. <laughs> Yeah, in the but show, the Stargates are a real thing. Um, there's a guy in Dallas that was really. Um, I met him through an online group in the early 2000s. That he was a big part of all that. Wow. No, there's a solid thought. It's a conspiracy, I guess, that the Iraqi War was started in Iraq to confiscate Stargates and to destroy like ancient artifacts, basically. So what exactly is a stargate? It's a gate to where you can walk the star. Well, they think, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know how familiar you are with like the standing stones in Britain. You know, Stonehenge is one that they know is man-made. They've got the proof that, you know, men made that. And they think that they were trying to recreate a more natural occurrence of the stones that was used as like a portal to other dimensions. And so I think that the Stargate theories is kind of based on that and trying to recreate whatever that is. I'm not familiar enough with it to really, you know, give you a good answer. But um, that's just kind of a Cliff Notes version for you right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that works. So it's like a, a portal in a sense. But yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's like the movie <laughs> Stargate because they have to tell you what they're doing before they can do it. So is it is it magic or is it science? Uh, well, I mean, when they say magic is just science, we don't understand yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm thinking about people 400, 500 years ago. Like, how would they know how to arrange these things? Well, they didn't. That's why Stonehenge doesn't work. <laughs> 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 I think it has a lot to do with ley lines and things like that. But I'm, like I said, I'm not smart enough to really understand it. But um, I get the theory of it, you know. Like, ley lines fascinate me, but I can't find any really good resources on them. Because where, uh, where I live in Mississippi is very close to a dormant volcano. So we have a ley line that runs right through town. And, um, you know, they say that's a big ley line here. But we don't have a lot of them. But they say you can use dowsing rods to find them. That'd be cool. You may have better luck with um with DuckDuckGo. Uh, <laughs> DuckDuckGo, what's that? Yeah, it's a browser. That's what I use. I quit using Google. Yeah, I don't use Google much either. Um, but so Google suppresses a lot of information. Mm. Um, not Google. And and <laughs> not Duck, one of the alphabet companies. <laughs> DuckDuckGo, their whole um their whole spill is that they don't track anything you're doing and they don't suppress anything oh 
Well, I need to find them. So, um, thank you. I'm going to be using it. I've been thinking in the last couple of years that Google's had a big shift, like where you used to find a lot of stuff. Now it's like everything's Pinterest. And I'm, I don't, if I wanted to find something on Pinterest, I'd be on Pinterest. Well, it used to be that you could get on YouTube and just type in something like lizard people. Yeah. And, and you could see videos of like speculatory footage. And now it's just like, if you were to put that in, it's like people, all you're going to find is people making fun of it and discrediting it and stuff like that. It's well, it's hard to find conspiracy stuff anymore on YouTube. I'm going to say this. Y'all can take it as you want to, but I want to say who's laughing now about all those people who've made fun of the UFO people. Yeah, exactly. That's why I tell these guys all the time, when it finally comes out that space is fake, I want an apology. <laughs> <laughs> A formal one too, like I want it handwritten and mailed to my house. Tully, <laughs> we Cecil and I were talking before before you joined. Um, like a, a dream episode of his is to bring on a zoologist and have the great bird debate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's it's going to be the same thing as as trying to argue against flat Earth. You're just going to be like, well, it's it's biology is. Bird, but it's got a thing that makes it report back to the Venerians or whatever. And that's another crazy thing because if it, if Valent Thor isn't so risque and it's so easy to debunk, it's very hard to find stuff about Valent Thor on Google now. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah. Um, the Stargate things, like, there's a lot of those. Have you ever seen, like, how those look like the ancient ones? They look like big doorways, huge doorways. And there's some that even have, like, a keyhole. And they're just carved out rocks and, like, kind of like a, like the uh, pyramids or whatever. Years ago, um, a friend of mine dated a gentleman who was a traditional Wiccan. And he was part of a group in Britain that was the priestess of the group had been passed down generation to generation to the you know oldest in her family from the women. And he's the one that told her that. And she went over there to visit him. And she said, you could totally feel the difference between the standing stones at Glastonbury and Stonehenge. She says Stonehenge definitely has energy, but it is nothing like what is at Glastonbury. So having never been myself, I can't really say anything, but it's definitely something I want to experience at least once in my life. So I just, I just duck, duck, goad a um, Stargate, like a natural Stargate. And one of the photos was like a, a natural land bridge. So that got me thinking, do you think natural bridge like at Red River Gorge could be a, a Stargate? It really could. Yeah. Natural bridge is uh, completely possible to be a Stargate. They say that portals can exist where like in between places. So a bridge would be an in between place. It would be interesting to know how those things get activated, though. Yeah, it would have to be some kind of conduit. Do y'all pay attention to any of the 411 stuff? Yes. Because I think that's what happens. I think people go into alternate dimensions. They just fall into the alternate dimensions? Well, I think that that there are places that it's just... um, 
And I think there's technology we don't have that's on the other side of it that maybe they can open it and snatch somebody. I don't know. But my theory is that, um, you know, it's alternate dimensions and that's what's happening to these people. Because some of them, like, there was one account where this gentleman disappeared, but they could hear him. And his family, like, for like three or four days heard him, like, had the, the spot identified. And he could not see them. And they could hear him like he, like he was standing there. But they were not able to help him. And they said it went on for like, I, I don't I'll have to find it. I think it was one of the David Pilates things. I'm not sure. But I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I'll find it and send it to you if I, if I can locate it. But it was very weird. Hmm. That's a little heavy, man. Because like, if that's what's going on there, then that could be like the what's causing like all these spiritual sightings and stuff like where people see ghosts and stuff like we've mm-hmm. always thought it might be alternate dimension for ghosts because none of us really know or i guess you could say we're on the quest of figuring out what a ghost is when we speak with all the paranormal investigators and stuff that's completely possible because the 411 like people just completely vanish or they completely vanish and then they turn up somewhere deceased in a place where people just couldn't be there and there's no sign that anybody else was around there and there's no sign of how they got there. So, yeah. Well, a lot of the, and again, this goes into the research for my books and stuff, but um, a lot of the things that we attribute to aliens now was considered the fairies, you know, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, 500 years ago. So it's not anything new, you know, it's always been happening and the the Twatha de Danon, which is, is one of the Irish fairies, they're like six foot tall. You know, they were a race of people who came in a spaceship. And this is in their history. I think that it's all just a matter of what you call it and what the person that you're speaking with identifies it as. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when it comes to ancient paintings and even petroglyphs and things of that nature, there's always... A little something in the sky. Mm-hmm. It looks like a UFO. Even in the Bible, it talks about the chariot of fire. You know, if I think that's in the Bible, ain't that in the Bible? Am I getting my Bibles mixed up? Uh, I think it does mention chariot of fire. And uh, so, like that, that right there, the chariot of fire, that would be a UFO bringing somebody back because they don't, they had no other word of saying it. They didn't say unidentified flying object. They see something glowing in the sky. They'd be like, oh, look at that. That's a chariot, and it's on fire, floating through there, you know. <laughs> that's what- well, that's one of the things that Wallace Wagner talks about in his book is um, he's he's a very spiritual man, and he, he can prove in the Bible that there are aliens, there are UFOs and things like that. Um, he saw one of the Tic Tacs. So, really? Yeah, that's kind of like, I think when he had his big awareness, like, that's what he wanted to be doing, was was talking about it. And that's what his book's talking about, and it's stuff that he goes through, and, I mean, it, he's really a fascinating guy. I just think there's a lot of stuff we don't understand, and a lot of people don't want to. It's like, in a lot of ways, we've been dumbed down. Oh, yeah. We're, you know... We're taught not to ask questions. We're taught to believe. It's like... Well, there's so much disinformation... Yeah, especially now, you know. Although I haven't liked his newest songs that came out, but I'm not a critic by any means. Tom McDonald said it best. 
as a child we're taught to walk and talk but as a adult they want us to sit down and shut up <laughs> well, have, have y'all ever looked at any of those like children that have past life memories oh yeah yeah because that's some freaky stuff there I mean, and and we and we tell kids not to, that you're that's just your imagination. That's you know that's not real. Gracie's daughter remembered when she was before she was born, because Gracie had a fibroid tumor. And she was she told her she said, I remember being inside you and it being very crowded. That's that's trippy. That's it was really trippy. She said she just looked at her. <laughs> oh yeah, what do you say to that? <laughs> The ones that tripped me out the most, like the little girl in India, I can't remember her name, but she remembered being murdered and she yeah, and knew who did it. And they went back to this village that she'd never been to before. And she's like, that's who did it. And like they arrested the guy because they found out he actually did do it. Like, it's weird how that stuff works. That's like, do you think that would be like full blown reincarnation or is that just like their energy seeping into a child? Like maybe even like, um, I can't remember the movie, but like, it's easier to overtake a child's body with possession than it is to uh, adult. I don't know. Do you remember the account of um, the gentleman? It was a World War Two guy that died, and, and he was he was like some weird pilot. Like, and I say weird, like, no, he wasn't weird, but it was the unit he was with was strange. They were in the Pacific. All his friends got shot, and he died. And this little boy, and I want to say the little boy's from Lafayette, Louisiana, but I could be wrong, um, that he started having these, you know, graphic memories coming back. And they went and they walked him through all of that. And once the guy, they took him back to the place where his plane went down. They let him, you know, have this whole experience. And once he had the experience, all of those memories and stuff went away. I mean, and he, they asked him about it later and he said, well, he doesn't, you know, he's still part of me, but he's, you know, now it's time for me to live this life. Wow. That'd be crazy. What was crazy was the parents investigating it because you could tell they weren't really believers until they got started finding, like, he said his name was Bill and look, here's Bill and Bill's best friend was so-and-so and these are the names he's been saying. And I mean... It was it was very detailed. It was too much detail for it to be fake. They they could prove it. Uh, that's that's weird to me. Like I had a belief when I was a kid that there could only be a set number of spirits and a set number of people, but I've been proven wrong by that because the world's population has exploded. Um, which I think probably a lot of people are NPCs. But well, I was gonna say that. Do you think that everyone has a soul though? That's why, yeah, I think that maybe our population has outgrown the souls. Like, a lot of people walk around just blank all the time, you know, it's possible. Well, I've met people that when you look at them, they just look like a hollow husk. Like, there's nothing, there's no light behind the eyes. Going back to the vampires. (laughs) 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 We've been talking for an hour about something else, but let's go back to that. Have you found any more, like... In your research, have you found any more like true, like true blue, probably like immortal vampire information, like real life people? I don't know because I think that you can probably poke a hole in anything. I mean, there's a whole Elizabeth Bathory thing. So, do you consider someone who drinks blood a vampire, or 
do they, you know, have to be immortal? And how do you, is immortality anything more than reincarnation? You know, the ability to remember who you were and to take, you know, take everything you learned in a past life and live in it in this one. You know, you there's remember, a lot of questions. Yeah, if you could remember who you were, you would technically be immortal. Mm-hmm. That's one of the theories about St. Germain, too, is that he just keeps getting reincarnated and remembers everything. Yeah. You keep talking about St. Germain, and I have to say this, because... Again, Bunny Hall. What do you think about the Mad Monk Rasputin? Um, Rasputin was an interesting character. Um, Rasputin, um, he was, he was, uh, I think he was a powerful mystic, or maybe he was just crazy and hopped up on meth. <laughs> Have you heard about his death? His death was insane. It was a very hard to kill that guy. Weren't there a few attempts? Well, I was going to say that he's someone that I've heard referred to as a vampire or immortal, um, which is why it kept coming up in my head. But he fascinates me. It's one of those you know, parts of history that the whole um, revolution in Russia was just crazy anyway. If, um, you, if you guys don't know how Rasputin died, first they poisoned him, right? He didn't die. So they stabbed him a few times. He didn't die. So they shot him. And they was pretty confident he's dead. They shot him in the head. So they wrapped him up and threw him in the river or whatever. And when they finally exhumed his body out of the river, he died from drowning. So the meth theory makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty sure that's the route it went. Like they 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 did a lot of stuff to him. That whole error was kind of crazy because he was like the mystic for the family that was like assassinated, like uh, Argentine. What's her, what's her name? Anastasia? Um, that? It was the Tsar Nic- Nicholas and Tsarina um, Alexandra and their nine children. Was it nine? Yeah, and they always said that Anastasia got out, but she probably didn't. I think they finally found her body or something. Well, there was a woman that um, fooled a bunch of people into saying that she was Anastasia, but they found out later that the DNA didn't match. So they say. But the Russians, you know, could have altered that. And uh, and the thing about that is, too, like, there's a lot of history that's altered. Like, the great, the, like, Tartaria, you barely, people think that's just a conspiracy now. But, like, Tartaria was, that war, like, one of the world's biggest powers for ever. But Stalin, when Stalin, when he was in there, he would literally Photoshop people out of pictures as he assassinated them. If you looked at the, you know, body count for Stalin versus the Nazis, it would probably be triple. There's one very famous picture of Stalin where there's four of them standing together with Stalin. And as they get killed off like the just, picture just starts changing to where there's just Stalin eventually <laughs> like his earliest form of photoshop or whatever mm-hmm. that's true well they say it only takes so like it, if if the the higher powers wanted to erase something from history it only takes two full generations you could do it in one but it would it would require uh, eradicating a whole generation well, y'all are probably too young to remember Pluto. Pluto was a planet when I was growing up. Is Pluto? Yeah. And if you uh, believe Rick and Morty, um, and you believe uh, Morty's dad, it still is a planet. 
It will always be a planet to me. <laughs> they just mine the resources too much till it turn into a moon. I have a vampire thing, and you, you may have come across it. It seems like it's a pretty recent thing. The whole descendant of, is it Vlad or Vlad, is Prince Charles. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you come across I that? Come across that. <laughs> wow, yeah, well, that wait, makes sense. Wait, did I drop that on you all? Because yes. that's not how this should go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go into detail about that one, friend. Um, something about the estate of, I'm gonna say Vlad. I don't really know how it's pronounced. Something about the estate is it, it was in jeopardy, and Prince Charles was trying to, I guess, keep it up somehow. And I don't know the exact lineage, but apparently Prince Charles is some weird distant descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Oh, I know what. But that would make the whole royal family descendants. Yeah. Um, Did you know that the last season, Worst Cooks of America, this is going to Jeremy, that the winner of that murdered her child? What? What? Yeah. Uh, the season 20 winner of the Worst Cooks of America murdered her adoptive child. Like before the show? Like a couple of weeks after she won. But everybody loved her. She was a comedian and everything, and everybody loved her to death, but she, she murdered her child. What was the show? Worst Cooks of America. And what year? This year. Yeah, uh, it, uh, people are going crazy. Jeez. This whole isolation thing has not been good for anybody. I think there's a thing where she adopted a kid. And, you know, when you adopt kids, sometimes whenever you're a foster parent, you get money and stuff. And I think they probably did it for a little extra cash. But she just won, like, 25 Gs on Worst Coco of America. But I guess after taxes and everything, what would that come out to? Like, 14000 probably. Whenever I win the Powerball. <laughs> um, you're not trying to justify this. I just like your... Your weird rhetoric about all this. <laughs> Whenever I win the Powerball tonight, I'm going to take the cash prize, and it's only going to be like $25 million, So Only. <laughs> do you play the numbers, Hadley? <laughs> I do. Occasionally, I will I will go get a lottery number. If you play I, figure some, I figure I can't bitch about not winning if I don't buy a ticket. Or say, well, when I win the lottery, well, I'm never going to win if I don't get one. Every but, Saturday morning, I'll start my day with when we win the lottery tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a real strong conspiracy that the lottery is just payout for people from the CIA, too. I've heard that. I don't know. Have you ever watched that? Um, lo- uh, my lottery dream home? No, I have not. That'd be cool, though. Well, it's... It's very interesting in the the fact that these people do not live like millionaires. They're very they're very frugal with their winnings. Because I mean I'm like oh if I want a million you know I'd buy this and that and they're like they'll get a little house and I'm not say little it'll be a little affordable house because they want to spend their money on other stuff and I'm like oh no no I would have just blown it. No, um, we've already discussed what we're going to do. We're going to buy a double wide. And put it on a piece of land out in the middle of Clay County somewhere. <laughs> he's he's going to be on that show. <laughs> all right. So, Hadley, um, tell everybody where they can find all your information, all your content. 
You can find me on Linktree at Hadley Thorne. Um, I think it's Hadley underscore Thorne. And you can also find me at Linktree Weird Realities. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. So find us. Support us. We're small, but we're mighty. <laughs> awesome. And we and no, we appreciate it every time you guys come on and help us out with everything. Um, and thank you so much for, for watching us. You can find us on Twitter at, at where in the folk, um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash where in the folk. If you want, if you're not watching on YouTube, um, you can find us there. If you are watching on YouTube, check us out on our only, uh, our audio only platforms, which you can find at anchor.fm slash where in the folk. And as always, uh, thank you for watching us because we're watching you.